Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This episode of Choices Not Chances podcast is sponsored by Louisiana Gun Shop. Located on Highway 90 West in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette. For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host, Matthew Charette. Sitting next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. Hmm. I just told him last night, I go, we sat, or yesterday morning I cooked breakfast. I told him it's sad that every little thing they can find to divide our country right now, they're doing it. And it's sad, dude. It's almost to the point where you look at what we've done and the sacrifice we made, not just us, but I look more at your wife, the sacrifice she's mm. made with the kids, mm. way more than me and you will ever make. Because mm. what we've done was fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, but what they do every day, waking up to kids, doing this, doing that, and then to have your country divided, it's like, well, those sacrifices we made worth the bullshit that the country's doing right now. Right. It's like, and it's not just us, it's the country. It's, if they stop putting the shit on TV that they put on TV, most of the people wouldn't even care, dude. Like, we can care less. Mm. You know, because all the shit that's happening now, 60 years ago was happening, 40 years ago was happening, 30 years ago, but now you got so many now fucking see it. platforms, people can see it. And when people can see it, it drives people because... You, know you know what's stupid, though, is if we were to follow the narrative from legacy media on TV right now, they would suggest that this, what we're doing right now, can't happen. Oh, no. They, wouldn't they like don't it. want this to happen no. at all. Mm-mm. This, no, this, this d- destroys no. them. This doesn't happen is what they tell you. Yep. And like in yeah. my experience, and I'm not as experienced as a lot of people, but I do travel at least up and down the East Coast and out to Louisiana a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't see what they put out I don't, on TV. Nah. I, like, I don't nah. see it. And maybe that's, you know, my blessings for, for not being in the right yeah. area to see it or, or something. But I don't see it. And they make it seem like it's a firestorm, yeah. you know, on, oh, on, yeah. on legacy media. So. so I thought about something last night when we were talking to Marcus Reigns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about social media and being bombarded by so much information at one time and then we you know the denzel washington you're only you're either underinformed or misinformed mm. yep maybe you're underinformed misinformed or over informed at this point mm-hmm. over informed could be it with misinformation mm-hmm. and people don't make their own decisions dude that's the other thing that's what makes me mad yeah. it's just like i don't care what whether you republican democrat i was like dude i'm not any of that shit because i don't keep up with the government mm-hmm. i said at yeah. the end of the day i look at the facts and that's why i draw my conclusions mm-hmm. off, period you know mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm well, enough people don't do that. And anymore, it seems like to me that instead of having like uh, individuality oh, yeah. when it comes to that stuff, everything's partisan, everything's grouped up. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing is you might have an individual that's kind of on the fence, but once they get into that group mentality, they adopt the group's oh, yeah. mm-hmm. thinking, narrative, way of, you know, mm-hmm. way of politics, whatever case may be. And then you lose that individuality. And then you're not even driving your own emotions anymore yeah. and your own thoughts. You're just adopting a mm-hmm. group uh, mentality. And, and I think that's dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Gotta totally fight agree. Against it. Got to fight against it. So what's new since the last time we talked to you, Johnny? We had him back on uh, several episodes ago. If you guys didn't see that, go ahead and check that out. Uh, so returning today just to kind of have a little jam sesh before uh, heading to Saipan. Yes, sir. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And... First, before we get to Saipan, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Russia dilemma on Ukraine and um, and also on China. But let's start on Russia since uh, they're kind of like stacked on the border right now. I think it's, mm, you know, I think war is one of those things inevitable. But I don't think we'll go to war with Russia. That's just my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that's one of those things that, you know, Rush Art Channel, I think one of the, that's one of those ones where you kind of bark a little bit, you kind of throw some strife at each other, but I think at the end of the day, you both come to a conclusion like, all right, dude, this is what we're going to do. It's two it's superpowers. Our, it's in both our best interests. It's in both of our best interests. Let's not get a whole lot. I guess of my kill. question wouldn't be, what do you think about us going to war with Russia? Do you think Russia invades Ukraine? Mm, I don't think they will. No? Nah. I think they'll come to some type of, some type of conclusion like or some type of agreement. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. everybody knows this is like, America going to war with some small country. Like, dude, come on, really? Yeah. Like, Russia, you're a superpower. Right now, you're a bully. You know I mean? Yeah, you just, but they did it to Crimea a couple did. years ago. They did. They did. But I just don't think... Where it lies, I just don't feel like they would go with Ukraine because, you know, Ukraine's one of the ones where we're not for this, we're not for that, but we kind of welcome... It's sort of like that, that house when you grew up, everybody could go there and mm-hmm. eat or hang mm-hmm. out. So, mm-hmm. if you pick on that house, then you're kind of picking on a everybody around. House. So, now you're yeah. kind of unleashing... You're unleashing the beast on yourself from everybody else coming in. So I think if I'm in Russia right now, dude, let's go to the table. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what we need to do. Because on the same token, Russia don't want to look like that punk that backed down either. Yeah. So I think see, that's morning. what we were talking offline yeah. is that that's what I'm afraid we've gotten to. I'm afraid that a bluff turned into more. Yeah. You know, a flex turned into more than a flex because now it's you got to save face because they yeah. committed and said no. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, do you look weak when you send a hundred thousand troops back home? To, no, I think on that, the world stage, or uh, or or is there something to be gained there by Putin by looking like he still has some maturity and some, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. The way the world sits now, I think it's one of those things where they'll get some people way smarter than us, and they'll go in there and they'll choreograph. <laughs> we hope so. To, <laughs> how, we hope so. They'll go in there and they'll choreograph how this thing's gonna play out. They'll soup it up on the social media. Yeah. And then Putin, in my opinion, it's easy to go to war if you're a superpower. It's easy to go in and destroy a country, in my eyes, just like a bully. But it's a lot harder to show that sympathy and that empathy of the, for that country and say, I could have easily destroyed you, but I'm going to make you better in these mm-hmm. these ways. And I think if he does that, they if they hype it up enough, it's a win-win for everybody. You know what I mean? They don't go to war. He doesn't look like he's a, a pushover. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily call a bluff that he didn't follow up on. Because if you look at us, you know, I could say we threw a bluff out when you look at Afghanistan. All right, oh, we're going to do this. Come on. That. And 20 years later, we're pulling troops out. And it's like, dude, they're still fighting. Like, like what are we doing? So, mm-hmm. you know, but if well, you look and at see, the way that, we. That's kind of like where I was going to go with this, though. Like, you would hope that they would have a bunch of smart people oh, yeah. sitting around a room and thinking shit up. And mm-hmm. then, like, a backup team thinking shit up mm-hmm. just in case. But that wasn't the case in the last situation right. just six months ago, you know, a few yep. months ago. Mm-hmm. It was really messed up. And oh, so yeah. then it's like, anyway, we don't have to get too far into it. We, we covered the withdrawal, you know, of Afghanistan, I think, right. the last, last time. time. But we did. when I look at that as a last major military operation, mm-hmm. it makes me wonder what those planners are planning and what oh, they're yeah. thinking, you know. So. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of this, too, has... You know, if you just look at a big map, it's like, okay, do we keep our troops in Afghanistan right now with all this stuff kicking up Russia and China? Mm. Yeah, it's a smart move. Like, no, I let's know. get our guys out. And, of course, us, we got invested there. We got, we've lost brothers there, mm-hmm. blood there, the sacrifice we made there. So, for us, we're like, oh, that is stupid. Why would we do that? But then if you look at a big picture. Don't where want we a three-front war. Yeah. It might be a two-front already. It might be a two-front already. So, yeah. where are we putting these chess pieces now? Yeah. Where are these pawns going? Where's now, that king at? So, I think that's another reason that I... 
that I'm more worried about an invasion in Ukraine is simply if I'm Russia and I turn the map around mm-hmm. and I got China sitting in the South China Sea talking about ta- uh, Taiwan. Yeah. And I'm thinking that goes down just after the Olympics because they're not going to do it before it. Right. They're going to save face. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Russia, I'm like, I'm waiting until that jumps off and then I'm going to yeah. do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And all that seems to be coming right to that ahead. Yeah. Right here at this time. So pretty, um, pretty interesting. Um, China dilemma. I mean, same thing. Same thing. Who knows what's going to happen. They're going to do what they want to do and then right. we're going to have to react to it. And at the end of the day, man, I look at Russia, I look at China, I look at America, I look at Afghanistan. I look at all these countries that, you know, at the end of the day, people are people. Mm -hmm. You mean people, for the most part, we don't care about politics, we don't care about religion, we don't care about any of that stuff. We just want to live the dream. And Mm -hmm. whatever that dream is, it's on you. Mm -hmm. My dream is, dude, wake up every day, have a good time, hang out with my buddies, chew with my kids, and and go back to sleep, wake up and do it all over again. Just Mm -hmm. have mass chaos. Or organized chaos. No, <laughs> no schedule. Don't know what the hell I'm doing. Trying to work. Trying to make the company money. And then fucking, that's it. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. my American dream, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, I think these countries, if you go talk to the average Russian or the average Chinese person, and you ask them and you say, you know, hey, what do you, what do you want? Like, oh, I just want my family to be healthy. Yeah. It ain't, oh my God, I want the country to do this, do that. A lot of people in their own countries don't have a clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of the day, I think people just... People are just tired of the media, man. Just tired of people. Let's telling just, them what to think. Tell them what to think and stirring shit up, dude. Just let people be people, man. Let right. people live. And, you know, if you can help them be better, then help them. If not, yeah. let it go. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little jam session here the other night. And um, I had uh, John Wayne Williams and Alex Tron, a couple, nice. of, couple of my buddies that were hitters. And, they, you know, at one point they ended up, you know, they're fighting in Syria. Mm-hmm. And Alex is a sniper and John's running, you know, a section with some ODA guys and doing their thing they're they're cutting it up and at one point he's like man you know you could go to a bar and you see a russian soldier drinking with the marines they're cutting up having a good time the marines got the russian you know freezing cold you know hat on and they're and they're chugging beers and having a great time he's like they don't want to kill each other dude heck no they They, don't man we don't want to kill each other nope and you know uh because we, you know, I was asking him what his thoughts were about Russia. And he's like, they don't want to kill us. And we yeah. don't want to kill them. And, you know, they would sit in, like, hide sites and watch Russian troops oh. come down and fuck up ISIS. Mm-hmm. And then Russian troops pull off. And then American troops go down and fuck up ISIS. Do the ISIS. same thing, yeah. And it's like, you know they're talking. Oh, yeah. You know that, you know, that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, one thing that also bothers me about Russia, though, is, like, they have a lot of... Um, mercenaries they can you know they're they got the wagner group oh, yeah. floating around over there mm-hmm. and different groups and when those groups those groups you know in the past have been able to be almost proxies for the state right so that the state has deniability and russia's a big um contributor to that let's say mm-hmm. and so that bothers me a little bit too um as far as the dynamic in the russia dilemma so i don't know more things to talk about. Let's get into Saipan. Why don't you kick into that and tell Hold us what on. you... Hold on, because before we get too far into this, we need to hear about Ranger School. Full, unadulterated oh, Ranger right. School. <laughs> that is so Beginning funny. to end. I was just talking about that the other day to somebody. Who Look, you know how many people I told you? Because you remember last time you kind of hinted at it, uh, and then you told us the full story uh, off camera, and uh, I was like... Man, he should have done that on that one. And then I told a couple of people as best I could uh, some of the details, and they were like, dude, why didn't he say it on there? I was like, I don't know why he didn't say it on there. 
Well, I forgot even how we started talking about it. I think you asked me, was Ranger School harder? So I'm like, Well, yeah, we were talking about that, and we were talking about, uh, you're like, yeah, it, I mean, it was okay. It was hard. Like, how did it even come up? And I think you went into how you were like a E3 or an E2 or something, and you seen the poster. Yeah, that's well, that's how I went SF. SF, right. yeah, yeah. So and my, then you're already in SF, yeah, and, and you didn't like, have going, Ranger School. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to Ranger School, you know. Because as an 18 Bravo, it's a weapons guy. You're the tactician on the team. So long story short, you know, I'll try to, you know, no, not to go be, too much. Don't dip. be long story short. Okay, we so want a long far. story long. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so here we go. So I get the group. I think it was 1999. I get the group and uh, sign in the group, you know, and I'm all excited. And my team was getting ready to deploy. So we deployed to Kuwait. We get to Kuwait, and we're stuck in Kuwait for probably six, seven months. So we're training at Emory Guard, which was a Kuwaiti Emory Guard. They were the – I guess the guards for the president and the prince and all these people with too much money. <laughs> well, we're working with Jordanian special forces also. So I'm the 18 Bravo dude. I'm teaching CQB. Me and a guy, me and my buddy named Troy. We're teaching CQB. We're teaching shooting. We're teaching everything that's in the arsenal for these guys to, to, to protect the prince. We're teaching vehicle interdiction. If you name it, we were teaching. So I told Troy, I said, hey, man, when I get back in Kuwait, I'm going to take my ass range school. Because, you know, one, you know, as an 18 Bravo teaching that, you want the SF, the Ranger, the Airborne. You want the patches because other countries, they look at it like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He knows, you know, he Give knows you a little stuff. Right. Yeah, it gives you a little street cred. But with us, we're like, you know, fuck that, dude. One, it costs too much to show that shit on uniform. So big. <laughs> and so I was like, nah, dude, I got to go. I got to go. So we leave Kuwait. We get back in Kuwait. And basically, the team, we didn't get screwed, but we ended up staying in Kuwait a little bit longer than what we should have. And the company knew that. So they basically gave us pretty much 45 to 50 days off. Like, whatever, dude, just check in with your team, so aren't you good? So I go up to the S1, it's not like on a Friday, nobody's around. And I think his name was Specialist Williams. I walk in there, young black kid. I go, hey man, I wanna go to range school. He says, really? I said, yeah. I said, I've been on the um, website. They got a class starting on like, like, I think it was starting on, that was on a Friday, it was starting on Sunday. And he goes, all right. Well, you know, you signed in on Sunday. Class started on Monday. He was like, all right, cool. He's like, well, did your team try and put in school requests? I'm like, nah, dude, I just need some orders to get me down to Fort Bend and I'll go from there. That's all I need. That's all I needed. That's all Johnny Glenn needs. I'm good. Give me that and shut up. Dude, exactly. I'm a little E6, he's an E3. Yeah, he didn't care. He's like, whatever. I was like, I got your case of beer. So this kid goes to the Microsoft <laughs> office, you know. Probably, I hope he's out of the army now because probably still get hemmed up. But So he goes on Word. I don't know dude. who it is. Yeah, I don't know who it is. No names. So he goes on Microsoft Word, dude, and just basically he took, like, you know, Ryan Rogers' name. John Glenn's name, put my social on there. The orders are pretty much the same number. All this shit's the same other than the name social. I got, my, <laughs> I got my range school orders, dude. I'm out. I called Troy like, hey, dude, I'm headed on the range school. You want to try to get in this class? I'll let you know. He said, all right, bro, got you. And you know Troy, man. Troy's my right-hand right hand man. We've done so much together, man. So I knew if anybody had my back, it'd be Troy. <laughs> so, dude, we, I drive down to range school that Sunday. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to range so school. So you're on leave, Oh, yeah. Post-deployment, basically. And Post you're like, I'm signing out Friday. I signed out Friday, as a matter of fact. You're like, bet, I'm going to school on my I'm leave. I'm going to range school on my leave without <laughs> orders. Let's go do this. So, dude, I drive down to range school, get down there late Saturday night, got to sign in on Sunday. And the only reason why I got caught, I'll try to sum this up at the end. No, I'll go ahead and say it no, now. reason why I got caught back in the day, you know, we had, our, <laughs> we had our government credit cards, you know. And guys, I hope the government don't get crazy about this, but guys don't always use the card the way it's supposed to be. Me included. So if you're on a deployment, your card is open to do whatever you want. As long as you pay that bill, no red flies go up. Nobody cares. You know, dude, I went to Walmart, forgot my credit card, got my government credit card. Or as an E6, you live in check to check. 
You know you get paid in three days if it's the 30. You can be paid. paid. <laughs> I'll pay it. It's only 80 bucks, dude. I need some steak and some drinks. Guys are coming up on Saturday. You swipe the government cover credit card, no problem. Well, back then we had these guys that started taking advantage of it. Instead mm -hmm. of guys using it when they needed emergency diapers or whatever, guys were building like sheds in their backyard, which you want to build a shed, that's fine, dude. But pay your bill. Don't get everybody else jacked Hemmed up. up yeah. That's it. So some guy didn't pay his bill, dude. Commander got called up. Commander's looking at it like now he's getting he's getting spotted because he's the commander. Yep. Your right. troops are using their credit card when they shouldn't. Do a full scrub. Exactly. So now, dude, he's he's wrenching down, right? Well, lo and behold, that first couple weeks in school, nothing. Month went by thirty days. Now I'm on the thirty day hit list for a sixty two dollar hotel bill. I was like, for the go. one day before you for the one day in. before I checked in, dude, I could have slept <laughs> my truck if I knew what I knew then. Now, you know? <laughs> so after about it the, wouldn't have been as good of a story. I, that's true, dude. Because after about the thirtieth day, about the forty fifth day, when after them month and a half, now I'm coming up on the commander's blog, like, hey, dude, John Glenn needs to pay his bills on sixty two bucks, but he's getting hidden up. So my team starting at the time, he's getting all the the hate mail, like, and he told Troy, hey, somebody call John and tell John to pay this damn bill, because at this point, people are still on leave. They're making phone calls. Hey, I'm good. Team Sergeant. Okay, whatever. Some guys went in and did PT. I didn't. You know, of course, I'm I'm down in Florida. Now I'm now you're, P, you're PT. You're yeah, just I'm, in. yeah, I'm PT, dude. I'm trying to I'm trying to get done ranger school. And dude, lo and behold, man, my team Sergeant got that shit. And he told Troy, and Troy's like, ah, you know, da da da. He kind of and Troy covered me. He did good. By the fiftieth day, the team Sergeant's like, hey, why haven't Johnny played his bill? Tell him to put a receipt on my desk. Now Troy's like, all right, dude. Hey, let me let me go ahead and times up. Yeah, it's times up because team Sergeant's like, hey, I tried to call Johnny, not getting him. I called his wife, not getting her. You know, what's going on with Johnny? So now it's about to be an all APB out on Johnny Glenn. So he's like, <laughs> hey, he's like, hey, about that. Johnny Glenn's actually, da, da, da. he's like, he's where? And my team's starting, good dude, man. Great dude at the time. And uh, initials VC, because he's still doing some good stuff. But anyways, he called down to Florida, man, talked to the R's down there. Like, what the hell is Johnny? I need to talk to Johnny Glenn right now. And he calls me up. He's like, hey, where are you at? And of course, me being me, I'm like, where'd you call? <laughs> and he goes yeah because it's not like you're on the cell phone exactly right? he goes nine to time johnny i was like oh shit this for real. <laughs> you know shit just got real i just went from e6 to e1 uh roger Sar, you know for eight rest on the phone like yes sir sorry. He's like what the hell are you doing at range school i was like well, i told everybody i want to go to range school ain't nobody he's listen. like i was like ain't nobody listen you know he's like you can't take it upon yourself to do what the fuck you want to do and go to range school He's like, you know, we're about to have you AWOL right now. I was like, no, no, I'm not AWOL. I'm down in Florida phase. He goes, I know where you're at. And I'm like, I got orders. Yeah, I got, I got <laughs> orders, dude. And lo and behold, he's like, hey, you better graduate because the whole command's coming. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, dude, I hung that phone up, and I won't ever get it. My R at the time, he actually ended up going to SF. He's the one, that got, one of the guys that actually got me into Ranger School. Man. His name was, last name was Thompson. And I think I said this last time, Thompson, if you're watching this, dude, fucking get in touch with me. Right. Great R.I., man. Tall, skinny guy, dude. Had real sharp feature features. And uh, at Benning phase, when we were signing in, I won't ever get it. He goes, hey, Ranger, where you coming from? I go, uh, Fort Bragg. He goes, you're Green Bray? I said, Roger. He said, uh, what MOS? He, went, he leaned in. He goes, what MOS? I said, 18 Bravo. He goes, hey, man, they sent me this big blue book because you got this big blue book with all the weapon stuff. I remember I looked at him. I go, hey, dude. If you can get me in this class, I can tell you everything in that book, and I got a buddy at the course, which I didn't have a buddy, but hell, he didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, well, hey, going over there with everybody else, because dude, I'm the only ranger standing there by myself, my bags, dude, just orders in hand. I'm, I'm the only guy they didn't call off the list, and I was like, fuck me, dude. And so when he came over, he's like, hey man, we ain't got you nowhere on back then. It was the ATARS list, incoming. Yeah, we got you nowhere on the incoming ATARS list, dude. No order number. Like, let me see your orders. I'm like, fuck, I handed my orders. 
He's looking at me he's like, well, damn, dude, you got orders, but you're nowhere on the ATARs list. <laughs> of course, I'm sitting there, and I go, I say, fucking group, dude. I go, man, they don't ever do paperwork right, dude. I guess they're going to screw you. <laughs> and, he, and, of course, he's like, hey, man, get it, get, go over there. I'll get it taken care of. He says, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to fail the PG test. He said, if you get in, we'll get your paperwork straight out later. And you were like, PT's my forte. Oh, dude, PT's my thing. I'm like, hell yeah, I ain't following no PT test. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got over there. It's crazy because one of my buddies at the time, Tim, Tim B, he was going to range school. He failed to run, but he had legit orders. He Because <laughs> when I got there, he goes, damn, dude, I know you just come to this class. I didn't either, man. They got me a last minute order. He's like, oh, cool. Well, he no, John failed. motherfucking Glenn got last John minute Glenn orders got himself. <laughs> and he fucking, dude, he passed out on a PT test because you, you run down <laughs> and then you turn around and you come back. And me, dude, now at this point, I'm like, I'm going to be the great guy, dude. I'm a good runner, but I'm not going out there and I'm going to be a great guy. So, dude, I stayed middle of the pack. I made the turn. And when I made the turn, I see Timmy. I'm like, damn, Timmy's hauling ass. I'm running. And then, dude, about a half mile up the road, I see everybody's like looking at this guy in the ditch. I'm running. I see Timmy. I'm like, ooh, that ain't good. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that ain't good. So, I keep running. I finished the run. I think, we, I think I did it in like 13 minutes, you know. So, I'm like, all right, dude. I, I passed the run, passed PT test. And I was like, all right, we're good to go. So, now we go back up there, and dude, I think we lost probably 50, 60 dudes off the PT test. Out of how many starting? It was probably a few, a couple hundred. Oh, wow. But a lot of that, dude, and no offense, I think R is a very professional. I ain't going to throw him on the bus. But like any other organization, dude, you always got tap protectors. Mm-hmm. I remember I was doing pull-ups, dude, and then I'd pull up, you hold, you released. You're supposed to do six of those or seven. I mean, it is. R-A-N-G-E-R. Okay, six. You're supposed to do six fucking, I'm still that dumb ranger. You're supposed to do six pull-ups. And, dude, I bet you I did 15, man. Because ours has been a dick. I'd go down and go up, and I'm like, come down one. Up, come down one. one. I'm like, all right, dude. I can they do the we can same play. thing at our Yeah, I'm like, dude, we can play this game yeah. all day long. Let's do it, dude. And so once he told me, all right, recover, ranger. I dropped. I was like, all right, thank God. I'm in. <laughs> and then after that, dude, I got into ranger school, and that was basically how I got in there. And then. When I graduated, man, I remember that day of graduation. I had Sergeant Major, Group Sergeant Major, everybody up there. Man. They, well, hang on. Did going. you highlight yourself for how, how well you did, too? I did, dude. So the, the commandant of the school at the time, it was me and an E4. I'm trying to remember his name. It started with an L. He actually was a, the, the, um, the honor grad. Mm-hmm. Well, me and him were neck to neck in honor grad, basically. And when they called us in, this was right at the top of my team starting. They were like, hey, man, you appeared 99%. You got, I think I had 13 positive spot report, one negative part spot. One negative spot report because I gave away my Skittles. I gave away my main meal for a bag of Skittles. You know I love sweets. And the, <laughs> and the R wrote me a negative spot report, which I thought was stupid. And I'm like, come on, dude. It's my body. You know, That's not taking care of yourself. So I had to sign a little pink slip. I'm like, get out of here, dude. But anyways, so at fucking. <laughs> for some Skittles. For some Skittles, dude. Exactly. So when we were sitting there, man, I remember the commander's like, hey, you know, we got both of you guys, you know, da, 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 da. So they're going to do like a board. I'm like, damn, I'm not doing a fucking board, man. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, hey, sir, I'm an E6. Getting ready to be on the E7 list. I was like, this kid, E4, he needs his career, you know, to to flourish. I'm good. I'm already, I'm going to make E7. I'm going to. You're dude, in the group, in the group already. Yeah. yeah, dude, I'm in group. I've been in the Army five years. I'm an E6 promotable. I'm going to make E7 on the next list, which I did. Mm. So I'm E7 and 7. And I'm like, I do not need any more flack. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, before you came to range school, no orders. The group's coming down here. Yo, ass gonna get him up. I don't care what you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't want any more attention. All I want is give me my tab, dude. Let me go get in my car. <laughs> so that next day, man, it was graduation or two days prior. We getting ready to graduate. We're in the little formation graduation. They do the whole Ranger thing, dude. They come down all the puga stick fighting. They do this big demonstration for civilians, and they're just like, oh, uh, and I'm sitting there like, 
get this shit over it. <laughs> you know, I got the group command, dude, or most of the group command. I got my team sergeant. Yeah, you can see them now, huh? Oh, yeah, dude. And they were in uniform, so now this makes it even worse. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, oh, yeah, Jangling, you about to get it. <laughs> so, dude, we, we graduate. They say, you know, your new Rangers done. My dad uh, pinned it on. My, my ex-wife was standing there, and they pinned everything on. And here, here they come straight down, dude. It looked like they... Like they rehearsed, getting up, standing up, turning and marching. I'm like, oh shit, dude, I'm sweating. And now they're coming out in the first time walk around. They're shaking hands, you know, like, hey, congratulations, New Rangers of the New Ranger Regiment. Da, 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 da. Here they come, beeline at me, dude. I'm seeing them, but not seeing them, you know, like, I see them, but I don't want to see them. Like, I'm like out of the periphery. Yeah, out of periphery. I see them, like, oh no, they come. And I'm like, fuck. But right when I went to go turn, man, they got close. My commander, is my commander, my sergeant major at the time, had went to one of the schools, like IOBC or something. With the commandant at the time. Of Ranger School. Of Ranger School, dude. Mm-hmm. And he shook hands and he's like, hey, you know, is Johnny one of yours? Like, yeah, Johnny one of our up and coming. And my sergeant at the time was a short biker looking dude. <laughs> dude, I remember he grabbed my hand, bro, and he was squeezing my hand. I was just fading. I'm just like, <laughs> he ain't got no energy, dude. I'm like probably 20 pounds light. I look like a little Ethiopian, dude. I'm just like, you know, face all sunken in, dude. He's squeezing my hand. I'm just like, shit, dude, I'm fading fast. And he's like, yeah, Johnny's one of our up and pros. And he's just squeezing the hell out of my arm. He's like, I'm just fading. And then, he goes, yeah, you know, let me tell you what it did. Da, 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 da. And then my team started standing behind. Sergeant Major finally turned loose my hand. And the, <laughs> and, the, and the Sergeant Major of the school was walking up. Or maybe he was just at the graduation. He knew my Sergeant Major. They went to the smash school together. Oh, boy. So, dude, they shook hands. And they were like, yeah, Johnny, da, 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 da. I was like, thank God. My team started in the background. He's like, the fuck out of here. Man. You need to go. <laughs> so, dude, I won't ever get it, man. I'm like, I slid out of there. I go run, jump in my car. We, I won't ever get it. We had a, a 19... 99 or 2000 Xterra, six speed. Mm-hmm. And the X at the time couldn't drive. Well, leaving out of range, it's a deep <clears throat> hill that goes up because it's down in a bowl where they graduate. So mm-hmm. the sound. And I remember I was like, hey, I'll get it out here and then you can drive. And they just said in the briefing, no driving for I think it was like 72 hours. You need to slowly ease yourself back into it because you hadn't slept. Right. So what does Johnny motherfucking Glenn do? I'm driving up the hill, dude. <laughs> I look left, look right, nothing's coming. The car in front of me, which I'm going to blame him if he's watching this, he remember it. It was a state trooper in front of me. <laughs> Nothing was coming left or right, dude. He should have went, but he didn't. And you know you anticipate this guy's moving. So as a stick, I didn't want to roll back. So I'm just kind of creeping, creeping. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to go left. We're going left. He had his right blinker on, but didn't go, dude. And I bumped him. Bam. (laughs) Fuck me, dude. He gets out. Big, tall state trooper, man. He was an ex-ranger. Real nice guy. He walks back there. He looks at me. He sees the tab because they just pin on the... the, um, Lapel pin or whatever. Yeah, they lapel pin it, but it's just a cloth one. The black Mm -hmm. and yellow one that you wear on your class A's. He sees it, and he looks at me and goes, why the fuck are you, what did they just tell you about driving, Ranger? <laughs> I looked at him, I go, well, she can't drive on the on the hill, and I was just trying to get her out of here. And she's sitting there, she's like, I can't pull up the hill, you're trying to get me off the hill. <laughs> he goes, get her off the hill, Ranger, and get the hell from behind the wheel of that car before you kill somebody. I was a Roger that, sir, I appreciate it. He shook my hand, he's like, congratulations, real nice cop, man, super, super nice state trooper, man. He shook my hand, he's like, Congratulations, you know, he hugged me. He's like, Welcome to the regiment. Now get her off the hill and get off, get behind the, the wheel of that car. <laughs> go to sleep. Yeah, go to sleep. So then, dude, we drove to my mom and dad's. We spent the night there in Georgia. We drove back Sunday afternoon. I'll never get it. Monday morning at five o'clock. Grab my lawnmower. <laughs> dude, I had gas, lawnmower, weed, everything you think of. At 5 30, bro, I was cutting the grass up at the battalion, you know, cutting the grass. <laughs> Sorry, Major walked right by me, dude. Didn't even look at me. He just walked right by me like, Motherfucker. Commander walked right by me. I think I cut grass till about 10, 11 o'clock. Went down to the company. Next day, same thing, dude. I did that shit to Friday, bro. 
Nobody really comes to work on Friday, but everybody came in that Friday for whatever reason. Well, not everybody, but the Star Major Commanders. No, they knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm out there pulling weeds with tweezers, bro. I'm talking, clean as that place ever been. And they had like a, a landscaping crew that used to come around. Dude, I had that place immaculate, bro. I'm cutting flowers, dude. It was immaculate. Like, you about I just, to put these guys out of job. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. My commander's probably like, hey, Johnny, we're going to hire you. You get the contract. These guys are fired. <laughs> so Friday morning, dude, my commander or Star Major Commander come in. They come in about 7 o'clock on Friday. I'm already there. I'm. I'm sweeping up the sidewalks now, dude. I done pressure wash. Dude, I got shit looking good. I'm tidying the place up. And then my sergeant major pulls in, and he's just like, he, they're walking out. It's about 1030. Either they're going to lunch or leaving for the day. He goes, hey, Johnny, come. He's, hey, Glenn, come here. I walked over to us. Yes, sergeant major. I get, his, I get it progress. He goes, what the fuck were you thinking? I'm looking around like, at this point, the whole order thing is all over my head. I'm like, well, what do you mean, sergeant major? He goes, you don't go to the fucking school because you want to go. We got a process here. It's called you come through me, we put you on an ATARS list, you get orders, you go to school. That's how that fucking works. You understand what I'm saying? That's Roger Summers. He's like, what in the fuck gave you the permission? Or the, he said audacity, because I remember I, I was like, what the fuck's that word mean? He was like, <laughs> I was like, Sarmage put a lot of big words, you know. He's like, what gave you the audacity to go down to Ranger School, you know, cause you felt like you wanted to go. I don't I'm, know what audacity yeah, means. That's like, in my head, I was like, I have no idea what audacity means, but I'm looking, I'm like, well, Sir Major, I've been telling people I wanted to go, so that's why I went, because that just sounded like the coolest answer with the big-ass word audacity. I'm like, shit, I'm like, Sir Major, I told everybody I wanted to go. I told my team sergeant, he said I was going to go, and then he said, I said every time I was getting ready to go, it was deployment, and every deployment I go on, Sir Major, you know, it's all, they want tactics, they want shooting, so I can never get out of deployment. Me and Troy always is on deployment. And then, dude, he went off a couple more times about orders and, <laughs> you know, you just don't do what the fuck you want to do. And dude, he's just going, I'm like, Roger Sarmage, Roger Sarmage. And then he's like, get the fuck out of here. Just get, I don't even want to see you no more. Just get your shit, get the fuck out of here. Roger Sarmage. Dude, I made a left turn, bro. All I saw was the company down that way about a quarter of a mile. And I beeline that motherfucker running wide open. And that mo <laughs> and the Sarmage let me get halfway to the company, dude, before he yells, Johnny. I turn around. Yes, yeah, Sarmage. He said, get this shit off of my grass. I said, Sergeant I run back over to the dude. And I'm so, like, at this point, like, I'm done now. You know, like, hey, I'm done, dude. He just pretty much relieved me of my command. You can kiss my ass and cut no more grass. Time to get back to the team. <laughs> so, dude, I remember, I won't ever forget. I got my lawnmower. I got the gas jug on top of the lawnmower. The weed eating on my shoulder. I got these snips hanging around my damn arm. I'm carrying all this shit looking like a gypsy, dude. Just pushing. <laughs> Jackass, you're to the truck. company. I'm going to the company. My truck's literally 50 yards that way in the parking lot. <laughs> but fuck that, dude. I'm getting to the company. Charmaine's trying to grab my shit. I'm not even thinking about my truck at this point. I'm just trying to get to the company. Get away from there. <laughs> I pushed all this shit to the company, dude. Drop this shit to the company. I won't ever get. I walked up into the to the company and the guys in the B team because the B team is right there when you walk in the company. They like, hey, what's up, John? I was like, not much, bro. Now nah, I'm just you know barrel chested. I'm gonna steal it. I kill her. I kicked the king room door open. I mean, I walked in and we had two stairs. Like you walk up and. The balcony was on the desk. And I remember my team sergeant. He heard the door open like, who the fuck is that kicking the door? He looked down and he goes, fuck are you doing, John? I was like, nothing. He goes, well, what did Sergeant Major say? I looked up. I won't ever get it. I looked up at him. I go, what do you mean what did he say? I'm Johnny Glenn. He knows better. He told me the fucking great job. You know, get the fuck out of here is what he told me. What do you thought he was going to say to me? He's like, yeah, whatever. So what did he really say? I was, like, I was like, he told me to get my shit and get the hell out of there. Yeah, dude. But the Sergeant Major, I will say this. When I went back to get my lawnmower shit, he goes, hey, come here. I walked over. He said, let me tell you something. He said, great initiative. He said, I love the initiative. He said, you're going to be a great guy to the regiment one day. He goes, be smarter. I was, Roger, that's Sergeant Major. And then as I'm walking off, he says, hey. I was, yes, Sergeant Major. He says, that's going to make a kick-ass story one day. <laughs> and that was it, dude. That was my punishment. Man. He, I cut awesome. grass for about a week, dude. And 
and walked in the team room talking shit. I was like, after that, dude, you can tell me nothing. I'm like, I do what I want to do on this phone. It's my house. So I bet you know this. <laughs> but, but when he came around, oh, I shut up. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> but when you leave, I'll be like, y'all know that's what you scared of me, right? They're like, yeah, whatever, Johnny, you know, so. <laughs> but yeah, dude, and after that, dude, it just kind of, oh, my whole career, man, just kind of, fell, in it fell into place, dude. Mm -hmm. Just always right place, wrong time, or right place, right time. Just, it just always, I don't know, it always worked itself out, man. It happens. Yeah, it does, man. I can't say nothing about it. I was lucky, dude. Yeah. And now it's happening again with the Saipan thing. It is, dude. Talk I'm, about falling yep. into that. Oh, yeah, dude. So Saipan basically will switch gears. My buddy, Alan Williams, Keith, Keith David used to be in charge of uh, Task Force Dagger, which is a nonprofit organization. You know the deal. Nonprofit organization for soft guys. And they do great stuff around the world, definitely for soft guys, whether, you know, whoever. You know, you're a soft guy, you can go there and they'll, they'll help you out. So they was doing a dive thing, which uh, is called Dagger Dive. So they do a dive where they'll take your family members or a soft guy, if you're injured or whatever, they'll take your family members down to Key West and they get dive certified. It's a week of beautiful diving in Key West, all expense paid trip. And so I went back, fuck, I can't even remember what I went, it's years ago I went, but um, I got my son certified, my ex got certified, you know, they got certified to be divers and stuff. And we went through Nawi at the time, or Nawi at the time to get certified. And then um, came back and few years later, they linked up with FPAN, which is Florida Public Archaeology Network and ECU. Mm -hmm. A lady by the name of Jen there at ECU, she was running this thing about, hey, let's go look for World War II veterans, pilots, see if we can find them and bring them home. And it started up a few years back, man. So we, the first trip we went over there, they were like, well, how can we get free divers or free workers, free labor? And, of course, Task Force Dad was like, I can get them for you. I know a whole bunch of them, you know. And, you know, what guy – Soft guy is going to turn down the fact of something that's bigger to you to bring a mm. loved one home to, you know, mm. to close that chapter and in the people that are left behind, you know, because at the end of the day, I look at us being fortunate, you know, to survive and not make that ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. right. But for the guys that did, for the most part, during our war, we brought them home, we gave them a proper burial, and their family had closure. Mm -hmm. So when they called me up about doing it, I, dude, I didn't even hesitate. I'm like, hey, when do I show up? Bit. How much I got to pay? I'm going to pick up some cans. I'm going to go rob a couple of people, but I'll be there, you know. So they're like, no, Johnny, you ain't got to rob nobody. You ain't got to pick up no pecans. You know, you're good. You got to pick up. Whoa. Yeah, you yeah, whoa, whoa. You know, it's, it's all spent paid. You're good. We just need the labor. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So, and then Keith David, he kind of resigned as being a task force dagger guy. My old team sergeant, Alan Williams, he's a president of Orden. Mm -hmm. I guess the president of task force dagger now, what do you know, the chairman. Mm -hmm. So Alan went, the first year I went, man, me and him was roommates. We were team on the team together, fought in multiple combat tours together so it just kind of fell into place man and alan called me up like hey we're going back you know you coming i'm like oh yeah i'm going let's let's do it so now man you know with ecu and fpan and some other organizations that are donating because i think this is awesome mm -hmm. they're donating dude and now we're going back over and hopefully we're going to be able to do what we need to do to bring loved ones home you know and just have that closure in their lives you know mm -hmm. yep. i know it was a long time ago but i think the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that I think this is bigger than all of us, you know, mm -hmm. on what we've accomplished, any battle I've ever fought. I think that's bigger than the fact that now the family members can lay them to rest. You mm -hmm. know, like, hey, they're not wondering anymore. Because I know my family would be like, hey, he's still alive. He's still alive. Because you got that mm -hmm. hope, you know. Mm -hmm. He's alive. He's alive. And, you know, if the guys aren't alive, we find them, then 
I think that's great. We bring them well. Home. It does a does a lot of things for the family to get the closure. Oh yeah, it does, you know? brother. It does. Yeah, yeah. So. and it's touching just to be a part of it, man. Oh just man, to, um, oh my god, that's dude. awesome. I'd love to get you on the backside of this. Oh well, dude, I definitely. And, I get a ton of pictures and stuff for you guys too. Man. Get some pics and yeah. and then, videos. You know, awesome. We can we can even detail the stories if we can figure out who. Heck yeah. Who we've recovered or That'd who be you awesome. guys have yeah, recovered. Yeah. And I'm not talking about you in general. I'll I, I highlight the whole effort if we can put that together. They'd be more than happy to, dude. So, more than happy to. Yeah. Anybody listening to this, too, we're still trying to get a hold of David Goggins, do a runoff race with Johnny Glenn on the concrete. Let's do uh, it. For charity. So, Goggins, if you see this, please get up with me. Uh, if anybody that knows Goggins, get up with him. Get up with me. We'll do a charity run with Johnny. And I like it. Donate all the proceeds to veterans or whatever organization. Pick you a couple and I like it. Yeah. Flood yep. it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll set it up. Hopefully, yeah. we can get in touch with him. And just to make it easier for him, I'll let him pick out the events and what he want to do. You know, everybody knows them green braids a little stronger, tougher. We'd acquire professionals. So <laughs> you watching this, Dave? I've never met him, but you know, hey. Seal on the Green Beret. I know who I'm betting on. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> so, you know, let's get it done. You got to make it happen. Make you, know, it Johnny, happen. you know Johnny Melvin Glenn ain't going to back down, so let's do it, you know. Are you about to do a big one coming up, or you just did a big one? I did a uh, – my buddies called me out. Will Clark, thanks. He called me out, and um, they called me out. And Damien, they called me out to go do a, a 50K a few months ago. Pilot Mountain Run. Mm-hmm. One of the worst – best runs, but worst runs I ever, I ever had. I don't know if I told you that story. That's a mm-hmm. great story. Let me tell you about it. I'll tell you. But I'm doing 100 mile in March. So I'm going to Saipan, probably leave Saipan a couple days early so I can come back and do this 100 mile. Because yeah, they kind of yeah. dared me to, you know, they were like, hey, you better train for this 100 mile. I'm like, dude, Johnny Glenn don't train. I wake up, I eat, and I go run. Pretty simple. <laughs> well, sweet. I'm trying to go to, I'm trying to set up a, a team, a choices, not chances team to go to a Spartan run in Charlotte. And I think it's in July. How far? It's short. It's one of the short endurance obstacles, like maybe five or ten k, but it's got like twenty or forty obstacles. Let me know, dude. You know, I, we're not going there to break no records, but we're going there for camaraderie. I got probably you. wear some shirts and try to get the word out because that's kind of the warrior class in my I'm opinion. There, man. Like even even the civilians that do it, like, yeah. that's warrior class minded people. So, so there you go, Dave. We'll we'll throw some <laughs> Marines in there, throw a Green Beret in there, and throw a Seal in there. You know what I mean? So boom, do it. There you go. There boom, you go. done. Done. We'll figure, we'll figure not, it out. I ain't doing no mud run. Yeah. No, well, you can. I already it. got that. I already got that metal <laughs> in shirt that at the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so, was it. So, the 50K, real yeah, quick. Tell me. Tell I'm, me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this one. You, you like this. All right. John and Glenn, there I go. Take off, right? Then, well, I was 10 minutes late, about five minutes late getting here. Imagine that. Exactly. So, I jump out of my truck. Dude. I'm running to this 50K race that's about to start. Like, <laughs> you better run 32 miles. Why are you running across the parking lot, sprinting, trying to get there? Getting warmed up. I'm getting warmed up, man. So I get up to the race. We take off. My buddy Will and, and Damien were there. And Damien's still in third group. But uh, they kind of coerced me into doing this run. Like, Johnny Glenn's scared. Just say he's scared. I'm like, oh. I'll be there, dude. What what time we get there? One of y'all pay my entry fee and I'm there. You know, I'm broke. I got three kids, child support, and a dog and four horses. So I'm trying to get there. They're like, hey, we played your spot. You going to show up? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll be there. Overslept that morning. Got there. <laughs> run into the race. Dude, I'm, I'm hurting. And uh, I throw these, throw my keys to some lady I don't even know. I'm like, hey, hang on to these. She's kind of cute. <laughs> hang on to these. She caught my keys. Like, who the fuck is this dude? You know, like, <laughs> she put my keys at the table, luckily. But anyways, so I'm running, dude. I get about 12 miles in this run. And of course, you know, I don't prep for nothing, dude, which I never. And it kind of sucks because I'm running up. And I'm like, why the fuck are all these people wearing? Like, dude, they got backpacks and running things on. I'm like, the fuck are they wearing all this shit for? Like, dude, it's 30 miles. Let's get it. <laughs> 12 miles into it dude I'm just like fuck man I need some food dude like I'm hurting 
I'm running. I'm like, wait, come back. Chas is going down. Fade. <laughs> Check up my post. Well, anyways, I stopped. They had one. They had a lot of stations set up. Well, I stopped to eat at this one station. They had some. I'll never get it. Peanut butter chocolate Rice Krispie treats. Okay. Cut in squares. All some other stuff. I'm about at the 12, 13 mile mark. Maybe 14 mile mark. I can't remember exactly what mile it was. So I grab one of these squares, man. I grab a square and then some chips. I eat the square real quick. Dump my chips real quick. And I'm like, all right, let me get back onto it. Because Damien and Wheeler right now, they're behind me. So I'm like, if nothing else, you're not beating me, dude. If nobody else beat I don't give a damn if the 80-year-old guy you ain't beat me. in a wheelchair, scooter, gas operator beat me. You ain't beat me. So, dude, we get to the – so, dude, I, I, check this out. I eat this, right? Drink my water, and I take off. I'm like, all right, let's get it. So now I'm carrying a water bottle, which I'm like, what the fuck can I bring? Wear a belt or something. You idiot. So I'm running, dude. I got my water bottle. Dude, I ran for about 45 minutes, bro. All of a sudden, shit got quiet. I mean, real quiet. Going on, running. And I can hear myself running. Now I'm going up the mountain by myself. I'm like, damn, dude, I done ran out from everybody. And it's so spread <laughs> out that, you know, and they got the thing all taped off. I'm like, fuck, dude, where is everybody? You know, like, I'm like, by myself, a little chilly. You go the wrong way. Wind's blowing. I'm going the right way. Wind's blowing. It gets better, dude. I'm looking. I see the trees, but I don't hear nothing. You know, I'm a big bow hunter. So I'm looking for deer. I'm looking for signs running and shit. And I'm like, why the fuck don't I hear nothing? Then all of a sudden, dude, about a 10, 15 minutes pass. I start hearing footsteps, and I move over to the side of the road. I'm like, hey, look, excuse me. Because, you know, when you're running trails, like, you let people pass. After about the fourth person that wasn't there, dude, and I'm moving, running, moving over, I'm like, the fuck is going on? So I stop. I start scratching my head. I'm like, dude, something all right, man. I can't hear nothing, dude, but I can hear my heart. Just do, 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 do. But it's not beating hard, but I can hear it. I'm like, hold up, dude. So I call Brian Lowen. You know Brian. Yeah. I go, Brian, what's up, brother? He says, what's up, Jonas? Hey, dude. I'm running this 50K race on Pilot Mountain. Dude, I can see fine, but I can't hear nothing, and I'm hearing footsteps. I said, I think I'm fucking hallucinating. I go, I'm calling because if I go down, dude, just, you know, like this is where I'm at. I'm on the top of the mountain. This is what I can see. Mm. He goes, what'd you eat, dude? I said, I ate some Rice Krispie treats. And you know Brian starts laughing, dude. He goes, I bet you those fuckers was laced. I said, you think so? <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude. He said, I bet you they cooked the Rice Krispie treats. They had some for themselves and some for the runners, and they brought their own batch. He goes, tell me exactly what you're feeling. I do. My hands are clammy. Everything's <laughs> everything's quiet. And my heart rate is not beating fast, but I hear it. And it sounds like it's beating like a motherfucker. <laughs> but I can't hear nothing. And, dude, he's on the phone cracking up. He's like, meantime, I tried to get Johnny Glenn high for his injuries. You wouldn't take it. And he goes, how does your body feel? I don't feel and nothing. It, exactly, dude. It didn't dawn on me, dude. My knee wasn't hurting. My lower back, was, nothing was hurting that normally hurts. Mm -hmm. I was like, funny you say that, dude, because nothing's hurting. And he goes, hey, dude, you just need to eat something. Get some food into you. He goes, are you hungry? I go, I'm hungry as fuck, dude. <laughs> he goes, get some food in you. He goes, don't try to run, dude, because everything. Like, I wasn't dizzy, dude, but I just wasn't. Like, I wasn't. I didn't have Johnny Gordon control. Right. I wasn't right, dude. Yeah. I knew I wasn't right. So, dude, I get to the top. I'm at crest the top now. Now I'm walking out, and I see a, you can see at the bottom, which is still another two miles. But you can see where another booth table and all this shit set up. So I'm talking to Brian. I go, hey, man, I see a booth set up. I see the table. I'm like, oh, sorry. So now I move over to let these people cross by again, dude. No, nobody's there. I'm like, what the fuck? I go, hey, dude, why do I keep you in footsteps? He goes, bro, that's normal, man. You're just hallucinating. Just get onto the bottom and eat as much as you can. Just get some food in you. Preferably get some salt in you. I'm like, all right, cool. I get down there, dude. I won't ever forget. They had this cute little girl, man. She, well, not girl. She was a woman. If I'd have been in my right mind, I probably would have tried to talk to her. <laughs> but, dude, they had cups of bacon. Cups of bacon. So I go, Ryan, they got bacon. They got a trail mix and some other shit. 
He goes, well, don't eat Rice Krispie Treats. I yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> so I won't ever get it, dude. I started grabbing these cups of bacon. I'm at the end of the table, dude, just eating the hell out of this bacon. I bet you I ate eight of them. And the lady goes, you like bacon lunch? I was like, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. I ain't trying to be greedy. She's like, oh, no. You know, you ran 20 miles already because I think I was at 20-mile mark. She said, eat as much as you like. Dude, I eat so much bacon. Every day I burp for three days, I taste bacon. I'm like, fuck me, dude. So I ate all this bacon. I drank some water. And Brian goes, hey, give it about 10, 15 minutes, dude. You should start to feel a little better. Just keep moving. So I kept walking, kept walking. Dude, he was spot on, man. After about 20 minutes, dude, I could feel sound coming back. My body felt like it was kind of like, I don't know if it was coming off a high because I've never been high, but it was slowly starting to even out. Yeah, it started to feel right, dude. Like, okay, I feel good. And then I noticed my knee back still wasn't hurting, dude. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Knee's not hurting, back's not hurting. Like, whatever it was I ate was on point, dude. (laughs) So after about 30, 45 minutes, dude, I slowly started to jog a little bit. I called Brian back. He goes, how you feel? I, go, I feel pretty fucking good, dude. I, go like, I was like, I can hear a little bit better now. I can't hear my heart beat no more. That's what scared me, dude. Because mm-hmm. yeah. everything just went silent. But I could hear. And then it would slow down and speed up. And I'm like, my heart shouldn't be beating that fast. I hadn't ran that far. I was like, what the fuck? But then once I couldn't hear my heart beat, now I'm like, all right, dude, I'm good. Not having a heart attack. I ain't going down this fucking mountain. And, dude, once everything subsided... Bro, I stepped it out. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, let's finish this motherfucker. And I did it in like six hours, 57 minutes. You beat your buddies? Oh, yeah. Dude, I was damn near back home two-hour drive before they even got done. I called them up. I'm like, hey. Walk and, part and, of it. Yeah, and they're pretty good runners, too. I mean, Damon's a real good runner. Will's a good runner. But I think we're all off that day. But I called them. like, hey, at this table, dude, I think it was Don't eat the rice cookies. That's treats. what I told them. I go, do not ask them. Dude. I said, do not eat the rice cookies treat there. And Will tells me. Will, they called him up freaking out. They were like, dude, you were freaking the fuck out. What the hell was going on? I go, bro, I had no idea what was going on with my body. Man. I thought I was going to die on top of that mountain. I'm like, yep, this already ends. I'm going to have a fucking... I thought it was a heart attack because everything just got quiet, dude. I can just hear my heart sound like a damn drum, dude. Just doom, 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 doom. Beating hard as hell, dude. Got the old womp womps. Yeah, so I called Brian, man. He's like, ah, oh, dude, that's just a hot, man. You're good, dude. I was like, he's all calm about it. Isn't, like, isn't that like a felony? I don't know, dude. It should be. It should be, but I don't think they knew. Man. I honestly think, like, if the people watching this that ran that race, I bet you they didn't know, dude. They probably just... They probably just, just, messed just, up. They just messed up, dude. Because Brian, Brian's exact words were, hey, dude, I make my own treats. Because he's out in Colorado. He said, make my own treats. I'm not giving the motherfuckers away, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. That's not he's like, like a charitable gift. Yeah, he's like, gift. that's not a charitable gift, dude. He's like, they just, dude, they probably just made them they all because they were yeah, making a batch. And got them mixed up, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, but they got me, dude. Mm-hmm. But after that, I told, yeah, but I told Brian, I was like, hey, you out in Colorado, dude. Send me some shit, dude. Make me feel like I like I don't want that feeling of hearing my heartbeat. I don't want to feel my knee in my back, though. Yeah, but I didn't want to feel my knee in my back, dude. Because that's the first time I hadn't felt my knee in my back in ten years, dude. Yeah, I'm man. talking. I was moving out, dude. Like, holy fuck, dude. I don't feel Interestante. My knee in my back. I know. And I'm like, let's get this. I'm like, how do I get this? Yeah, yeah, dude, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, man, we've been going at it. I, I appreciate you coming out again. Oh, too easy, as too always, easy. it's always a fun time, and I always, yeah. I always, always laugh so hard that my cheekbones <laughs> feel like they're sore. Oh, so yeah. always good. Hey, guys, if you took anything away from this, if you like the channel, hit that subscribe button, share it out to your friends, and um, and as always, we appreciate you coming out. Uh, Johnny, appreciate you, man. Always, brother. Appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing what really you're doing. really do appreciate it. I do too, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. All right, guys. Till next time. Thanks. Louisiana Gun Shop, your firearm headquarters, specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. 
Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger. We have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com. Not too far. You're marking a building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.